Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And welcome back to Meeting of the Minds. Today I'm here with the TNT boys, the TNT brothers, Terry and Troy Steiner, two of America's great wrestlers, great coaches of all time. Real excited to have you on, coaches. Thank you, Gene. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Absolutely, absolutely. So with this whole national lockdown, what have What's been going on with your teams? What do you encourage them to do to get better? What should they be thinking right now? Well, I, I think, you know, the biggest thing is we've got to – I just told our guys we're not going to get these days back. So you've got to continue to move forward and you know, because before we know it, November is going to be here. You know, before you know it, uh, we'll be back at the NCAs in March. So we don't get these days back to prepare, so we got to – get as much out of these these days as we can and it's going to be different for everyone based on what they have and and uh what the resources they have so you got to focus on what you can do instead of what you can't do yeah yeah and and from from our standpoint the same you know keeping the same mindset but we're really just reminding them that you know during this time someone's going to get more out of this time than the other you know, and, and we, it's our job to get more out of this time than the rest of the world, right? And we've got to be find ways to do that because the competitive juices can't just stop right now, right? I mean, now is when you got to draw, keep keep low and, and keep being competitive and in, in, in what we can control and, and what we can do. And and again, it's our job to get more out of it than than our competitors, no matter who they are, Japan or China or Russia or Ukraine or, you know, Canada or whatever, you know, it's our job to get more out of this time than, than the rest of the world. And, 
And, uh, you know, there's always reasons why we can't do something, you know, and if you're looking for those reasons, you'll, you'll find a ton of them right now. Right. And, but you got to look the other way. You got to look for reasons why you want to do something, you know, and, and what does this mean to you? Your, your why has to be very strong right now. And, and so just, you know, really, really focusing on that and, and trying to keep them together, you know, as much as we can, even though we're socially distanced mentally, we need to stay connected. Right. And, and, We've been trying to do that, uh, you know, with a lot of calls like this, Zoom calls, and and um, you know, just staying together. So, yeah, absolutely. I was going to ask what are what are some of the concrete steps you've taken to keep them together, either on the Zoom calls, um, team meetings. Have they been reporting back to you about any workouts they've been doing, whether it's lifts or cardio or technique? Yeah, we. We're doing a lot of, you know, we, we did a team culture building session over like a five or six week period. Uh, and I know Troy did the same with his group. And, but uh, so we did that and really they were engaged in that. We have weekly weekly meetings. Now we've switched it to every other week. But at the beginning we had weekly meetings where we'd come in and just give them updates on what's going on. But we have activities throughout the week where we have stance stance in motion sessions that were you know thinking about wrestling and putting them through different situations kind of where we're doing stance in motion and and just different intervals and different uh, scenarios uh, talking them through so they can kind of visualize a match and kind of just shadow wrestling and doing stuff like that so we're doing that we're doing we do it team yoga sessions two or three times a week uh they have their lifting sessions strength and conditioning sessions with our our strength and conditioning coordinator here at the training center um you know uh, that's all, all virtual of course and and he's adapting their strength and conditioning sessions to what they have with them in their own location <laughs> everyone's different um so it's not ideal, right? We're not together. We're not on the mat, but uh, we're finding ways to stay connected and stay together. And, and um, I think for the most part, I think they're doing a pretty good job. I mean, we definitely go through some some struggles. Uh, some people are really thriving in it. They love the uh, having the ability to create workouts on their own and being very imaginative on what they're doing and, and how they're you know getting that wrestling feel without wrestling and and so some of them are really thriving under it and love it um uh, others are struggling a little bit more but but um and then you know some have siblings that you know they have a mat in the basement and they're continuing on training right and so so we have some like that too so every everyone's in a different situation and and um that's uh, i think the uniqueness of it yeah and i would say the same we're doing you know the same the zoom calls and we did a, a, a building thing for about a five-week session, and um, our strength coach, you know, sent out weekly weekly guidelines, you know, so they can follow. And um, you know, the biggest thing I, I kind of, in some ways, I kind of have kind of liked it, or at least the first few weeks of this, you know, because they, they had to really take ownership of of their path, and and um, and that's a big thing I think at this level. You know, it's probably a little bit different at the 
level that Terry's working with those girls because they've they've already taken ownership uh, a lot of them and have they're on their path and they've been on their own for a while at, at the level where we're at here is some guys are still figuring that out and uh, so and I I think the sooner they take ownership of their career the better so I've, I've really I kind of enjoyed the first few weeks of it like saying Hey, this is a, what, what do you want out of this? You know, but you know, as, as, as time goes on now, we're nine, 10 weeks into this. Now it's like, I want to kind of see, I want to, I want to be, a, have a little more hands on of it, on of myself. But, but, um, in the end, it's, it, it comes down to them. You know, they, if they can't get themselves up and put themselves through workouts and prepare themselves now, then how, how are they ever going to expect themselves to do it? And, um, the national finals up on the stage, you know, I mean, they've got to be able to do it themselves now. So, so in some ways it's good in other ways, it's not, you know, you'd like to have a little more control, but, um, I guess we'll get there. Get there. That's the thing. I think that, you know, what you realize through this gene is, is, you know, greatness is, is never dictated. Right. I mean, greatness is, is stems from desire. Right. And, and it, it has to come out now. Right. I mean, that desire has to come out right now that you have to want to be, you know, that, that Olympic champion or that NCAA champion. You have to want to be that, you know, you that has to nobody's going to tell you to do it. Nobody's going to wake you up and get you going every day. And and, you know, if you're going to get this accomplished. You know, you're going to find a way through the circumstance and through the obstacle. Right. And, and I don't care if we have, you know, two, two months of training before the Olympic trials. Right. I mean, the people that want to make that Olympic team and, and win those medals are going to do it. They're going to find a way and, and they're going to, you know, get through any obstacle along this, along this path. And so this is just another obstacle. Like I told them, we've been training for this forever. This is what wrestling is teaching you, right? It's teaching you so much more than how to win a, put a medal around your neck. It's teaching you to deal with life as it comes to you and as it's handed to you and dealing with that adversity. And, and right now it's front and center, right? It's throwing it right in your face and, and you need to step up and deal with it and, and find the strength within yourself. And, and I think that that's really what's happening right now. You know? Yeah. And that's, that's when we find out where people are made of. Yeah. yeah that's, um, one of the things I was going to ask about your coaching philosophies, your personal philosophies in general. Um, I know, obviously, being a um, close-knit pair of brothers, a lot of twins are not that close. Unfortunately, a lot of them really don't get along well at all, and I find that that's hurt them or held them back for so long. Um, they didn't reach the level of potential they could have on the mat, but much more importantly, destroying that relationship together, that that's a terrible thing. But just... Your philosophies, you know, coming from Iowa, being around Gable. Some of my earliest wrestling memories are watching you guys on Competitor Supreme. And the more I'm in on his legs, the less he's in on my legs. If he's going to beat me, he's going to have to go through hell. And watching, you know, footage of you guys jumping into each other's arms after the NCAAs, things like that. Talk about how that Iowa, Gable, and just in general shaped your coaching philosophies. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I won't speak for Terry, but. You know, just growing up where we did in, in North Dakota, we lived outside uh, in the country, and, you know, we never had a lot of neighbor kids around us, so 
right from from the beginning we we became best friends and because we had to we didn't have anyone else out there you know so we, we became best friends and i think as we got into sports or really we never really got into money any other sport really but but wrestling uh, we had horses and we were on a lot of times but but we got into wrestling and i think early on we we knew that we had to work with each other you know to help each other to get get to the levels we did and you know you'd like to think as a as a competitor that you could have did this on your own and got to the level you did but you know realistically that'd been very very tough to do with you know or think of think of going through some of the things you did by yourself it would have been very hard so not that you couldn't have done it but it would have been very different than what it was so we knew early on that we were gonna stay together and and work together and not that we still didn't have our fights and brotherly you know rivalries you know sibling rivalries but but uh, we also knew that we had to stay together and help each other as much as we can and that would be a huge asset to us so and i think it's you know as, as you get into you know now we're on the other side of it and the coaching side of it you, you really see it on this side because you know that you have to stay together and you have to work with each other and your team's got to be pulling in the same direction if you really want to you know make advances as a, as a program or as a team so um i think we saw we learned it early on and 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 knew that but now it's you know we gotta help our athletes understand it as we build programs now so. I think being, you know, being a twin, you're always, you're always compared. You're always next to each other. You're always, I mean, I think, and you, you lean on each other a lot, right? And I think throughout our careers, um, we helped each other. We leaned on each other. We saw the value in each other, right? And and having that person beside you, and and um, I think you, there's a lot of in, just innate um, understanding. That, that you have being a twin that that really helps and and you know it really it really helped us in in our total development right and and I you know not that you know when we did finally the first time I think we lived in opposite states or you know moved away from each other that that was uh, a very challenging time it was a good time too because we grew in ways that we would have never grown if we were together and, and so you need that as well. But, but, you know, we, I think we always understood or from a very young age, you know, we, we understood the value in having uh, someone beside you that, that thought like you, that had the same goals as you, that had the same aspirations. And, and um, you know, and to this day, I think we, we utilize each other a lot. We communicate a, a lot with each other almost on a daily basis, if not, if not more sometimes, I mean, there's always been a great connection there. And uh, it doesn't mean that, you know, if we're out on a run that, you know, Troy doesn't want to catch up to me. Right. Or, or, um, you know, if we're, you know, there's still a, a healthy um, competitiveness there. Um, and that, I don't think that leaves you, but, but uh, I think there's also a great, uh, great respect and a great uh, relationship there that, that you know is really is as close as any relationship that anyone can have. 
absolutely. absolutely. And then one of the other things that really stuck out in my mind, looking back, you know, collecting baseball cards as a kid, they also had wrestling cards. And you and Troy were on the wrestling cards along with the Brands brothers, Alexander Carell and Rulon Gardner, all those guys. And I remember seeing on the back two of the hardest workers that wrestling has ever seen. And I said, what a compliment with all these legends that on the back of your cards, it said something about the work ethic. So talk about how that developed and how you passed that on to your athletes. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we saw it at a very young age with our parents. You know, our, our parents had us when they were 17 and 18 years old. And they, you know, they forfeited their maybe going on to college and having their college careers and and having that aspect of life. They went right to work so they could provide for us and and each other. And and um, we saw that from a very young age. I mean, my mom had was in the hair industry or and still is and had salons and my dad was worked at a freight company but they went to work every day and um and they were late and my mom's salon was open from seven in the morning till 11 at night so we we saw that work ethic right away you know and we, we grew up with it and and you know and people always said you know we, we have a strong work ethic and you know, I'm getting up and working out an hour in the morning and maybe two hours in the afternoon and then maybe I'd go in an hour at night and do something else. That, that's, that was it. You know, and that was something I chose to do. You know, it was uh, something I wanted to do. It's not necessarily every day when they went to work, they wanted to go to work, you know, but they did it to provide for us. And so, I don't know, to me it was very minimal. Uh, it didn't seem like work to me because it's something I wanted to do when I came to the sport of wrestling. So, um, and and all my all our parents ever told us was, if you're gonna do something, don't do it, don't do it halfway. You know, go go at it and put everything into it. And so it, you know, I I think we just saw it at a very young age, and that's kind of it. Just it, we did it in every area of our life. It was a went into our academics and went into our wrestling whatever we were doing we knew we had to put everything into it yeah and, and i think uh, you know i think everyone has a gift right and, and i think one of one of the gifts that we realized right away is we were we were willing to punish ourselves right and we, we were and that's a gift right that's that was come naturally and and i think we did we did learn it from our parents and and our upbringing there's no doubt about it that you know that was instilled in us from a very very young age um but, but um you know that's all we knew right i mean that's all we knew i mean we we maybe weren't the most gifted athletically or or things like that we knew that we were going to have to work for things and you were going to have to put the time and energy in so that's all we knew right we didn't know if we were doing the right things but we were going to do it 100 percent, right and and um and if someone can direct us in a different way, then we'll take that advice. But, but you know, I think you, you've got to make up for – got to use your strengths and make up for your lesser strengths, right? And, and I think that that was one of the areas that, that I think, you know, we, we knew that we could work and, and we're willing to do it maybe more than the next person. And so we just ran with it, right? And we, we did that and, and hoped, hoped it was the right hope, – hope, in the right direction right i mean 
we didn't i don't think you you know that as a young kid as you're trying to develop yourself and 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 move up and you just do it's that kind of that wrestling mentality you just let's work harder and do more and and maybe there were smarter ways of doing things right I, i'm not saying that maybe we did things the smartest all the time but but the things that we did do i think it, we knew that we were prepared right and i think so much of confidence comes from preparation right and, and we knew that when we we stepped on a wrestling mat that we were more prepared physically than than anyone we stepped on the mat with and that gave us a lot of confidence knowing that we could outwork outlast anyone when we stepped on the mat and i think so many so many times we get caught up in the science of things and uh and the technique of, th of everything and that's a part of it you have to work on those things and and but but the other part of it you have to have some grit and you have to have some some of that toughness in there and i think that that's really what the, what that shaped in us through time is it just gave us a, a different toughness and a different expectation of of how we were going to go out and compete and and um you know it I'm not saying that it got us everywhere, right? I mean, we both fell short of ultimately our our our, our goals of being on, you know, the world teams and winning world medals and Olympic medals. I mean, we never did that. That's still a that's something that we'll never be able to go back and do, right? And and so, you know, but you know, we I think that the approach, maybe, you know, looking in hindsight, maybe it could have changed some, but. Um, but I think the the effort was there, and that's something that, no matter what, you can always move forward and not not look back with regret, right? And 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 you know, and that's where really our our, our relationship with each other really helped, right? And we we really pushed each other, you know. And there was always days when one of us wouldn't feel like doing maybe doing that workout or making the right decision here or there, and the other one was right there to remind remind the other one that you know hey we we have this workout plan that's time to do it right and and so i think that um you know our, our relationship and, and our routine really helped us in, in our development right yeah i think i think sometimes too like with uh like now with you you have a team here and sometimes you see kids and these days where they they want everything laid out for them you know and they want to you gotta you, they want you to structure everything and I, I that's why i kind of have liked this quarantine in some ways because they have to take that ownership like i said before and I, i've kind of put it to them like like listen just just go to work just just work and as a coach like now as a coach i can't be there with you all the time it's it's like them running a marathon. I'm not gonna run. I'm not running the marathon with you. I'll come in at certain points at mile three, at mile six, at mile ten. And if I see you need to make adjustments, hey, you need to spend more time on the mat. You need to. You, you've You haven't been in the weight room enough. You know whatever it is. You need more. Spend more time at whatever area that it is. I can. I can make adjustments, help make adjustments, but they've just got, they've got to work. They've got to put the effort in. And, um, that, that's not coming from me. That's, I'm just going to help guide them down that path a little bit. So, and that, I think in today's world, that's what kids, they, they've been structured their whole lives. 
so this is a great time to do it themselves a little bit. But it, it, all, it automatically comes down to the work and effort you put in. You know? If you don't put that in, it doesn't matter what you know, you don't put the work and effort in. That's it. It is a great opportunity for the kids to learn some initiative. And like you said, everything is structured for the kids nowadays. I remember if you wanted to play a baseball game, you got to ring your friend's doorbell. There was no text message. Yeah. you got to call for them. They come outside. You structure the game. The, the players are the referees. <laughs> the, yeah. You know, you got to talk it out if there's a dispute. Now everything's it's all set up for the kids. So this does bring a good opportunity for kids to take some initiative. Kids yeah. and adults, not just the kids. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, for everyone. You know, uh, I, I just watched a documentary on Garth Brooks uh, a few weeks back. And, and one of the things he said in there, with every curse, there's a blessing. With every blessing, there's a curse. Right. And and this is one of those times, right, that the curse of the coronavirus is real. Right. I mean, we're all it's affecting every everyone in every industry and, and our whole society. But but there's a blessing to it as well. Right. There's there's a lot of great things to take from this time frame. And this is one of them. Right. That, that um, you know, the athletes, uh, you know, have to step up right now and and be their own coaches and which is going to help them in the long run. Right. It's going to help them really manage everything and, and really, you know, Coach Gable always talked about that. The sooner you realize this is your career and, and, and you know, most of, most of um, getting to the top is going to be in your hands, the sooner you realize that, the better off everyone is. And, and this is really that time frame right now where, you know, I think it, at first, uh, and maybe not at first, I think there's still some of our athletes that are struggling with it, but, but, you know, if we get through this time frame, um, they're going to be better for it, right? They will be more prepared and, and, and I think have put a lot more attention on what they need and understanding what their needs are um, and, and how to get the results from, from their efforts. They're going to understand that a lot more um, after this time frame than maybe they put that thought in before. And, that's a good thing, right? Um, so, yeah. Sure, that's great. And, and we always tell people that success leaves clues. So you want to be studying the best and people who are operating at a high level. And mentioned Gable, and there's also Garth Brooks, right? Two very different walks of life, but they both have high levels of success. And you, you see commonalities among the most successful people. Now, with, with Gable, what are some of the lessons that you guys took from him? Of course, we all know the work ethic. Are there any lessons that maybe you take with you that aren't as well-known that you've been reinforcing with your athletes or yourselves, anything like that? Well, I, I think Gable, the, the thing that Gable did so well was he, he set a standard, right, that, that was not gonna, he wasn't going to let slide. There was a standard that was set within that room and an expectation that was set within that room. And it wasn't just from, him. it was with just how the room was loaded up. Right. I mean, if you weren't going to do your job, someone else would do it for you. Right. And so there was a lot of competition within that room, but there was a certain standard that, that he set forth that, that he, he wasn't going to bend on and he would, he preached towards all the time. And it was never about, I, I can't remember ever having conversations about winning the championship or winning the nationals. It was all, all about process, right? 
it was all about doing the right things, making the right decisions, living the right lifestyle, you know, and making sure you're controlling the things you can control. And, and, and so, so that was there. And that was, I think the, the, the backbone of everything. And, and, and then the next thing I think is just the, the intuitiveness of, of Gable intuition on, you know, within that standard and within that structure, treating people they needed it and giving everyone a little bit di- a little bit different personal touch as they needed it and i think he was really good at looking into to what the athletes really needed individually and giving them that whether it was a little bit more attention whether it was a kick in the butt or you know i mean whether it was bringing them in for an individual workout or doing something like that i mean he was really good at that or giving him time away and, and letting him, you know, be off the mat for a few days. Um, he was really good at reading athletes like that and, and giving the individual attention to, to them, but, but yet never losing that standard. Right. So I don't know what choice. Yeah, no, I, I very much the same. Obviously, you know, I think the, we never talked about championships uh, really at all, but it was, I think it was the standard that was, that was the, those, those championships were won long before you ever step on the awards. You know, they're won every day with what you do. You're, you got to be a champion every day pretty much, you know, if you want to get to that level and, and, meet that get that really get that medal around your neck or get that that award or step on the top step it you got to win every day and uh, and i think just the environment he set up was you know with the the competition he had in the room and um and the the guys that he brought into the program were all you know when we were there we were all very focused on one thing and that was getting ourselves to as high a level as we possibly could you know and we didn't know what that was but we we knew we were shooting for a very high level and, um, yeah and I, and I think the other thing is he, he put you know he recruited the mindset that really what's more important I always and we still debate and I think there's a it's a great debate on is wanting to win or hating to lose more important, right? And and I, I don't know the answer to this day. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both. You, you have to want to win. There's no doubt about it. But hating to lose is a, is a huge thing, right? And 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 I think that there has to be. I don't know which is more powerful, but there there's probably a, a combination of both there, right? And I, the environment in that room. There was a lot of individuals with that mindset right? that, that just, I mean, they, they wanted to win, but I'll tell you what, they, people in that room really hated to lose as well. And, and if you look at those, the teams while we were there, I mean, they, and, and, and the teams before that, that really set up that kind of thought process that he had in that, you, you didn't want to just be there and just be another person, right? Just be a part of that team or just be, an All-American, you wanted your, your pitcher up on that wall, right, as, as a national champion. And that was, you know, that was a huge driving force. I mean, 
during my my days at the University of Iowa, I know that was that was huge. I just I didn't want to be just another one of the pack. And I think he, he he just recruited that mindset, right? People that he saw that real desire in to win, and and it really bothered them when they didn't. Yeah, that makes sense. And then now, when you always grew up, each of you individually grew up with that strong work ethic, with that mental toughness, with that love to win and that hate to lose. And then together you have that as brothers. Then you go to Iowa and then you have teammates where it's like that everywhere. So then how then when you transition into coaching, do you, do you communicate that message, one, to other people and hold that standard of the athletes? And two, how do you deal with that when they're missing the mark and they're not bringing that same kind of you know, all out high intensity on a regular basis. Well, I think, I think first of all, you've got to be the example, you know, you've got to show it. And obviously you you may show it now and going to be shown in different ways. Like I'm not going to, I don't put myself through the same rigorous type workouts as I did back then, but you show it in some of it and maybe some workouts that you do or the consistency like they, they, they'll see me in there every morning. They'll see me in there every afternoon. They'll see me in there every evening, probably. Um, but the, the consistency, you work at it as far as building the program. You're always working towards, you know, the top or shooting for the top or shooting for the best thing for them. And I think they've got to see it, number one, with the, as your example, you know. And then it's just a matter of, you know, getting kids to understand that that consistency and that process is what's really going to make you it it doesn't matter what you where you came from necessarily or what what you have coming in here and i always tell guys like what you did at the high school level is great and it's awesome and no one can ever take that away from you but i'm more concerned about what you are going after from this point forward and um so I, I think number one is just being that example and then just pointing out now it's you've got to continue to grind. You've got to continue to work and develop um, on a consistent basis. And, uh, you know, once you see that, you, you see your you can see the program start coming along. But it takes it takes time, like taking this program over Fresno State or or restarting it, you think you're going to jump in here and change things quick and or or you're going to get guys to a high level at a very fast pace. It, it takes time, you know, but the more people you have around you, you know, with, with myself, with my staff, with the administration, with uh, the more guys you can start having that same type of mindset, it starts, it starts building quicker. And um, we're, I feel we're finally starting to get where we need to get but it it's a process there's no doubt it it's a process no matter if you're an athlete working that on that in those workouts every day or if it's a process of building this mindset and, of the program you know it takes time so and, and i would agree i mean it, it's got to be a lifestyle you have to show that right you have to show the lifestyle of you know, success doesn't just happen for a reason, right? Success happens because you're making good decisions. You're you're putting yourself in the right situations. You're putting yourself around the right people, right? And, you know, 
and so you have to show that 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 that's that's how that's happening. That's how this is going to happen, and there's no shortcut to it. Um, and you have to be willing to work. There's going to be hardship along the way, um, but, but you have you really have to be you know persistent in those efforts. And if they can see that with you with you know in your staff that there's a persistence there that's a huge thing right? i think athletes need to know that you love and care for them right i mean that that really ultimately winning a medal is not you know that's important right that's the goal set by by you know the organization um, but there's a lot more to it than that right and and first and foremost it's about the individual in front of you and and they need to know that you care and and love and respect them and and you know, together you can you can guide and direct them, but really it's helping them understand that um, it's their journey, and and we're here to guide and, and direct, and and um, we'll do that. But uh, we all have to be working on the same page and working uh, together to do that. So you know, for me, it's different. I mean, the athletes come in; it's not like we're out there recruiting athletes. The athletes, you know, they they step forward through a series of events and tournaments and all of a sudden you have your national team and that's who you're dealing with and and so they've, they've brought themselves forward because of uh, some you know athletic greatness or or some accomplishment and, and then it's it's helping them get that rest of the way right they've brought themselves to a certain level and now it's it's just helping them get those final touches and, and those are the those are the ones a lot of times that are you know hardest to teach and the hardest to bring forward and it's the consistency and persistence of it and and the process to it and helping them understand because a lot of there's a lot of great athletes but then you know there's got to be routine to it there's got to be structure to the rest of it to get the from you know getting to the tournament and getting on top of the podium there's two different levels there and helping them understand that there's there's always another level to climb right and always always another level to doing things and understanding what that is and, and how they can better themselves. And, and so it takes time, right? That, like Troy said, it, it takes time to help them understand that, right? Because uh, they may have had success just because of athleticism, right? Just because they're the biggest, strongest person in the field, right? They may have had a lot of success, but to get to beat the best people in the world and to climb on top of that podium, it's going to, you're going to have to be all in. And that's, that's what I truly love about the sport of wrestling is you've got to be all in, right? There's no, there's no easy way through this. And, and that's, that's through that struggle and through that persistence is, is really where we learn the life lessons, right? The, the true gifts of the sport of wrestling are as in, is those things are learned in the process, in the struggle, in the, in the persistence of the effort and the, and the, and the journey. Right, and then that's where the, the, the real gifts are learned, and and and, and that, that we can carry for the rest of our lives. So, so that, you know, that's that's you know why why you spend your life's work in the sport of wrestling is not because of medals and championships, but it's, it's about developing the the human being and, and making sure that when people walk away from this sport or your or your program, that they're 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 going to be better suited for life, right? And to be able to handle situations like we're in, 
identify with the coronavirus. No matter what happens, people are going to be losing jobs. People are going to be struggling to pay rent. People are going to be struggling to put food on the table. I mean, those are all real struggles that hopefully the struggles through the sport that we face on a daily basis are, are going to help prepare them and know that they can overcome any obstacle because they've overcome obstacles all along this journey of, in the sport of wrestling. And this is just another obstacle. And I think that when you know that, when you get to the point where you know that in life, that it doesn't matter what happens, I'll be okay. Um, I think that there, it's just, there's a lot of relief in that. Right? Absolutely. Now I asked you guys a few broad questions. Now the wheels are turning and I'm thinking of a few specific ones back to your competing days, wrestling back to back, knowing it's your brother. And knowing that, obviously, you know, you love each other, you, you want to see the other one succeed, but you know in that moment you have to be in your own head so you're not wrapped up in his match while it's going on. How did you deal with that? What are some mistakes maybe you made along the way, some things you've learned wrestling back-to-back, -back, being able to detach from one another while still loving the other and wanting the other to win or succeed? Well, I think we, I think we learned really early, right? Uh, um my freshman year at the University of Iowa, I never made the team, right? And and it was uh, early on. It was it was a struggle, you know, for me personally because I, no matter what I did, I couldn't ante up to what Troy was doing, right? And then being a twin, you're always being compared, and and it was so not that I it wasn't coming from Troy. It was coming from media, and it was coming from you know wrestling people talking and and and. And, you know, you're always being compared. And no matter what I did, I couldn't any up, right? I mean, and um, so <coughs> freshman year, uh, I never made the team. And I'm riding the pine. And Troy's on the team and was an All-American that year. And, and um, you know, it was, it was a hard year. But it, I look back at that year right now, and it was the most, maybe the most important year in my development in my wrestling career. Hit that year to to move me forward, and I think that that we all hit those low points that it really drives you and pushes you to a different level. And uh, not that I I don't think you have to have failure to have success, future success. But it just so happens that when we do have failure, we dig deeper and look look deeper within ourselves for truth, right? And and for answers. That was one of those years, and that happened. Well. Coming into the next year, um, I think we, you know, uh, definitely I was focused on me, but, you know, Troy was so concerned, right? I, I had the same guy to wrestle off the next year to make the team. And and Troy was, you know, he, of course he wanted me on the team too and wanted to do everything. And, and so the first wrestle off of the year, Troy's ranked number two in the country coming into the year. And... And we have our wrestle-offs, and we go into our wrestle-offs, and Troy loses his match, and I win mine, right? And and it, <laughs> I think it made us realize really quick and early in our careers that, hey, we can be here for each other. We can work out together. We can push each other. We can be here to uh, help each other and push each other forward. But we still have to focus on ourselves, right? And because the best thing we can do for each other is is take care of ourselves and and I think we learned that through that process. And really, really through that process, I, I, I learned that I, I couldn't try to be Troy Steiner, right? I mean, that was not, it wasn't working. 
right? And and so my freshman year, I think when when and I I tell this story and I started telling this story a few years ago. And up until that time, it was I never talked about it because it was it was real pain inside that really drove me through my whole career, and I tried to keep that with me. But but it was we were it was our freshman year from the University of Wisconsin in Carver Hawkeye Arena, and and um, after the 150 pound match, Troy was 42, I was 150, but I wasn't wrestling that year, so I was just riding the pine. But after the 150 pound match. Um, they have an uh, intermission, and they come upstairs, and Gable's given some pointers on what's happening and, and what he'd like to see the next half of the match. And, and then he looked around, and he said, hey, who, who threw up at the bottom of the stairs? And Troy said, I did. And he said, well, what's wrong? He said, I don't know. I got the flu or something. And uh, he said, well, why didn't you say something? And, and Troy said, because you know, I didn't want you to give my spot away. Right? I've earned that spot. And he said, well, you should have said something. And, and uh, Troy said, no. And, and then Gable looked around the room. And to this day, I don't know if it's the genius of Gable or just coincidence, right? But but he looked around the room and he said, Terry, go pick it up. It's your brother's. Right? So I'm, I'm down at the bottom of the stairs feeling lower than low already because my athletic career is not going as planned. And I'm at the bottom of the stairs picking up my brother's puke. Right? And... And it was one of those moments where I'm down there on the stairs where it was like, you know what? I don't want to be this for the rest of my life, right? And I'm not going to be. And, and so it gave me it gave me a different purpose and a different passion and a different reason uh, to maybe, maybe there was just a little bit more intensity, a little bit more focus every day um, moving forward. But it definitely changed the direction of my career. Right. And but it made me realize that I, I had to focus on me. I had to focus on being the best Terry Steiner I could be and not focus on trying to live up to what Troy was doing. Right? And and, um, and I think at the same time, then the next year, when Troy got beat up the team right away, I think, you know, it gave him us both a chance to realize that we got to focus on ourselves. Right. And we can be here to help each other and, and, and push each other along and you know, pick each other back up, but, but we just have to still keep the focus on, on ourselves and what we need to do to get this done. And, and, and so that's, you know, I think we learned that, you know, pretty early. Right. And, and I think it's carried us through, through our lives. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was actually going to share the same story. You know, that what, what happened our sophomore year was, when uh, at the beginning of the year, when I lost the wrestle off, and Terry ended up winning, and I think it's it, like Terry said, it showed us right away like we got we can help each other, but we got to take care of ourselves first. You know, or you can never help anyone else. You got to take care of yourself. How about when you guys were both in the lineup, actually wrestling back to back on the big stage in the Big Tens, in the NCAA's, in the dual meets, where you know lost on the line. How did you how did you deal with it then to be able to detach from one another while you were competing so the next guy was ready? Yeah, I don't know. For me, it was probably easier, right? Because I came first, so I I was the uh, one that maybe had to get it get it started, get it started or whatever. I you know I and I was fortunate to follow. I felt I was fortunate to follow Tom and Terry Brands, you know, because they usually got things rolling pretty good, and 
Um, you know, it's always fortunate to follow those guys and use the momentum that they were, they built. And it was my job to keep it going for the guys that came behind me, you know, so probably a little different for me. Um, like going first from, from Terry and I's standpoint, you know, I just had to go out there and take care of business and, and then I could worry about what Terry was doing. Well, that's another dynamic right there. So Terry's dynamic might've been dealing with watching, watching or not watching his brother wrestle. And you coming right behind the brand's brothers, boom, two big wins in a row. Like what creeps in our mind is I don't want to be the guy to break the momentum. Yeah. And most of the time I didn't even know what really I could maybe hear from the roar of the crowd or something, but I didn't really know what, what they were doing or what, how it was going. I was just focused on getting my, my ready for my match and, and uh, whatever happened there should have no effect on what my match is. Right. Obviously, if things went well, it was, I can use the momentum for myself. But if, if things didn't go right for them, you know, I felt I was, or you had to be feeling like you were strong enough to turn it around and, um, and get it going back in the right direction. So, um, yeah, you just kind of focus, just focused in on what you needed to do, no matter what the situation was. Yeah, and for me, you know, it was, I mean, there was a string of killers before me, right? I mean, I, Chad Zabital, Terry Brands, Tom Brands, Troy Steiner. I mean, you know, usually things were going pretty well, right? I mean, and, and um, so, you know, but but really, I never I never saw much of, of Tom Brands or Troy Steiner wrestling live, right? I mean, I, after Terry's match, I was probably out of there, out of there and getting myself ready and, and, mentally and, and physically uh, from the matches. But, you know, I think, you know, I think the thing that Gable preached a lot was, you know, the best way you can help this team is is you do what you need to do to prepare and, and be ready for your match. And and I think that's kind of how we we move forward in, in dual meets or competition tournaments, anything like that. I mean, there that's how we looked at it, right? As I, I need to take care and that's how I can best help this team and this organization, and and so so that's what you did, and and that's how you move forward, you know. By you know that I think that you know by the time it was our senior year and really the the one hard time that by that time I already had those skills and knew how to handle it was our senior year when when Troy got beat in the semifinals and NCAA's. Uh, not to bring that up, Troy, but but that you know that by that time, by that time, um, you know I was able to handle that, right? And and I understood that hey, I just need to go take care of my business. That that match has no effect on my match, and and you know by that time it was it was okay. But it, you know I knew I knew things weren't going good because you know at NCAA's if the crowd is roaring that loud, probably yeah, Iowa guys getting beat, right? Because People, you know, especially at that time, they they like to root against them, right? They love to see us losing and getting upset, and and so I knew that something was happening, uh, but I wasn't out there standing mat side, you know, trying to help Troy win a match, I and mean, so I was getting myself ready. But I knew something wasn't going how it should have been going, and and I I knew I just had to go out there and take care of business, and I knew, you know, and then after that match when. You know, I won in the semifinals, and I knew going into the finals that uh, the best way I can help Troy and the best way I can help our family and 
and everyone through this was, you know, I, I need to take care of business, you know, and, and, and do my job right tonight in the, in the finals. And so, so I, I think, you know, you, you just kept trying back on what you need to do and take care of your own business and, and let everything else go, right? And, and nothing else has an effect on, should have an effect, whether it's a crowd noise, a crowd for you or against you, whether it's your brother won or lost or the team is doing good or bad that really should have no effect on, on how you're going to go out and perform. And, and, and so but th those are learned skills. I mean, I think, you know, and you saw it, uh, I think front and center, every time we, there was a dual meet in Iowa city, you know, you saw that what that crowd did. If you, if you never manage that, that in your mind, um, you know, that crowd could, could really, you know, if it was against you, that could really, you know, bring you down, or if it was for you, it could really bring you up, and and so, you know, that was that was something that you, I think, you had to learn, and I think that you know, being in that crowd all the time at the University of Iowa, there was always a good crowd, and so you you learned that, you learned right away that you know, um, you need to you need to manage, be a part of it, but but not let it manage you, right? You've got to manage it, and. And, um, and so, so anyways, those, that was uh, some skills that were, I think that were brought on just from being in the environment a lot. Absolutely. Those are very important lessons. We see that all the time over the past 12 years doing with wrestling mindset, working with tens and thousands of wrestlers. We've seen that a lot, that not being able to distance themselves from the matches taking place before it's hard enough when it's a teammate that you care about that's probably your drill partner, then what about when it's your brother? So being able to detach, get away from everything that's going on and stay in your own head. Yeah. Because that's very tough. Well, and I think you see it too. Like, you know, you, you see things like if there's a, maybe you have a small dual meet or a small competition and there's not a lot of fanfare around and there's just three people in the stands and, and then, you know, you've still, you know, the, hard thing with that is you've got to get yourself up because you may have the toughest person in the country you're wrestling against and, and you need to get yourself up for that match. It doesn't mean that just because there's nobody there watching or not a lot of fanfare that it's not a, an important match for you. So whether it's that kind of a match, there's, there's not a lot of hype and, and things building everything up. You need to get yourself up regardless of the Right. And if the environment is huge, like at an NCAA tournament and NCAA finals or something like that, you need to be able to diminish that crowd or use it in your advantage. You know, it depends on the person. Right. Everyone reacts different. Some people like to be in front of a crowd. Some people would rather wrestle everything in the basement. Right. I mean, it depends which kind of person you are, but but you definitely have to be able to manage those situations. Right. It's, it's going to affect you and you can't ride on that roller coaster, right? You, you've got to, you've got to be stronger than that. And, and you've got to be more of a pillar than, than being the, that, you know, blowing in the wind. Right. Yeah. I think just the, the, the able to just manage your emotions, I think is such a huge thing. And uh, obviously you get, you guys deal with it all the time and with the, stuff you you know just talking with teams and individuals you, know, that you guys do every day um it's handle, learning how to handle those emotions and manage them you know they're going to be there you know you, you can't 
you can't sweep that under the rug, you know, and then try to avoid it because it's it's gonna be there. And I always say, tell our guys like, there's pressure or what if it's if you put it on yourself or or if it's coming from another place, you know, when you when you're looking to win, there's gonna be some pressures. And if you don't learn how to handle the handle your emotions, you're gonna have a tough time. But they're, they're gonna be there. You just you know, you learn learn how to embrace it, those situations, and and fight through it. And um, but but they will be there, you know. So, yeah. and it's how you look at it and how you per how it's perceived by you is you know the if it's going to be a negative or a positive towards you. And, and pressure pressure becomes a privilege, right? I mean, pressure is, I mean, that means you're in the hunt, right? That means that that you're in a position where great things can happen or you can set yourself up for greatness. I mean, so when, when there is pressure, don't try to avoid it. Just understand that that means yeah, uh, something's going right, probably, right? If, if you're feeling that kind of, uh, I guess, pressure, if, if that's what the word is. But, you know, that's, that's a privilege to have that, right? If nobody cares, chances are it's probably not something that, is going to make a marked difference in your career, right? Right, right. And speaking of privileges, I always looked at it as a great privilege being able to work with some of your athletes, speak to your team at different points in time. Are there maybe one or two philosophies or points that maybe we've brought to you guys or to the team that might have been helpful or something that stands out, something you saw maybe the athletes respond to? Well, I think one thing I really like what you guys say is like just the little things that you you can do like before practice, bringing the team together and, um, you know, just having that right mindset. And, um, you know, you, you say it's, very, it's something that's very easy and you can easily do it. And at, at the same time, it's very easy not to do it. You know, so simple things can make, make you know can really have an effect on the outcome simple little things where people don't think ah it's such a little thing it's a little thing that can easily be done but can easily be forgotten too and if you don't do it you're not going to see the effect from it so that's one thing i really like that that i've heard from you guys you know just a little thing right before practice or right after practice where you just bring the team together and and close it out yeah, those mindset principles. Yeah. And then, and then I think just establishing routine, right? I think it's so important for for kids to establish routine, right? Because from routine comes, you know, consistency of effort. From routine comes that persistence. But from routine also comes a confidence, right? And you you have to have a routine, right? You, you have to have routines, whether it's warm-up routines, whether it's daily routines and workout routines, uh, with routines, you're going to be so much more effective in what you do. And and then being able to look back on it. Because if you have a routine, chances are you can look back on it. And so if, if there's success at the end of it, you can look back on, okay, this is how success happened, right? You can look back and, and look at this is look at the routine. These were the right things in here. If there wasn't success at the end of it, you can also look back and say, 
well, look at look at where we misstepped here. Maybe this is where we misstepped and we can make changes. And if you never if you never pay attention to those details, then it's it's hard done it's hard to know where to change and make changes with. And so, you know, the routine is so important and, and I think that Yeah, I think what it does is that it brings it back to focusing on the process. Right. And then instead of focusing on winning or losing, you're focused you focus on the process of what you're doing. And that's what the routine is, you know, that's, that's what it is. So. Yeah, and really putting that pen to paper so the routine's not in our head, but it's concrete where I could look at it, I could make revisions, I could give it to my coach. My coach might see some of my blind spots, he might make revisions. So just taking this abstract theoretical mindset and really putting some shoe leather on it, making it very concrete and practical. Absolutely. All right, so how do we – oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. And I was just going to say, how do we get more eyes and more people to Fresno State? How do people donate to USA Wrestling, donate to Fresno State? How do we bring more of the wrestling world to you guys? Well, I mean, you know, I mean, I think, you know, women's wrestling has been uh, – you know, it's, it's had a lot of great momentum over, over the last few years, right? And, and – um, um, you know, it, the numbers are constantly growing, you know, all I could say to the coaches out there is, and the parents out there is, you know, just understand the value of this sport and that it's had on you individually and had on maybe young boys in, in, in your clubs and that have turned into great young men and, and understand that that same, those same life values and life lessons uh, are so valuable for our entire population, not just not just the boys in, in society. And uh, open up those opportunities, open up those doors, welcome welcome those uh, all athletes, all kids that walk through your doors in, into your rooms and and have an effect on them. Because really, again, that's what this is all about, right? It's not about medals and championships. It's about developing a human being and using the sport to do that. And and so I just encourage you all to see the value in the sport on on our our youth, um, and 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 use the sport to to really move them forward and develop them. And and I think you're going to find that uh, having having females in your in your practice room is also going to have a, a whole nother source of an educational tool for you, and and teaching male and female how to respect each other more and. And, and grow together and, 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 and move along this, this game of life. And, and so uh, I, I guess that's the biggest thing is, you know, just, just support, support the, uh, the women that are out there. We've got some great, great young women right now on, on, on our senior level team that are, that are going to do some great things come Tokyo 2021. And, and um, you know, just, uh, you know, get, get excited by it and, and follow their journeys, and, and um, I think if you do that, you're gonna you're gonna find that uh, it's no different, right? Uh, wrestling is wrestling, and, and sport is sport, and life is life, and and you're gonna be able to see those journeys and, and be quite inspired by it. Any website, social media pages we could direct people to? I know they could Google USA Wrestling. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, everything's on USAWrestling.org. You know, is a website, and I'm sure there's Twitter pages, and 
the Facebook pages. Uh, I'm not the techie guy to give you that information, but, but, uh, um, yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, just, just reach out and, and follow along. Troy, how do we get people to Fresno state? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I feel I've been honored and blessed to, you know, to bring this program back in to competing and, you know, it's, uh, it's the first division one program to come back, you know, and that's one of the things that I really, what really intrigued me about this job is, you know, to, if I hopefully I can get this thing going in the right direction and, and uh, we see some other institutions looking at it and saying, why don't we bring wrestling back as well? You know, it's one of the thing I, things I really wanted to help do. And, um, you know, it's, so I feel honored and blessed to be in this position. Now it's, my job to get it up and going in the right direction and hopefully we can do that and you know it's uh we've had great crowds out here the first few years you know that we've been wrestling we've been in the top 10 for attendance and all three years i think top five the first year we were back so you know it's it's coming and it's building in the right way and you know we got a few guys on staff as well like joe cologne and jason chamberlain that are you know, vying for those spots on the USA team in you know, next year. And, you know, so that we got a lot of good things happening here. Um, and, uh, you know, you can follow those guys, just like Terry said, you know, for obviously Fresno State Wrestling, I think is on Twitter. And um, and we got uh, Valley RTC, which is our uh, regional training center. So we, valleyrtc.com, there's ways to go on there if you want to help the program out. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't, I guess Terry said too, and not the tech guy, so I wouldn't be the one, but if you want to help out and, 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 uh, with these guys, uh, you know, contact us. Absolutely. Now, if someone were to tell me back when I was in middle school, starting to get serious about wrestling, that I was going to do an interview with Terry and Troy Steiner, I would have been pumped. I am pumped. I'll probably go for a run after this, but you guys just, you know, thank you for all that you do for wrestling. Um, a lot of people don't know this, but our colors, black and yellow, that was back to the competitor Supreme days. And you guys spoke about Gable. So this is actually a tribute to you guys and the brand's brothers. You don't, might not realize it, but that was always something that really inspired me and my brothers. And we would not be college wrestlers and doing what we're doing with wrestling mindset with good, intense people like yourselves that have seen the big picture and re- using wrestling as that vehicle to build virtue for life. So, again, thank you for all that you guys do. Great talking to you. Yeah, thank you guys for what you could do, too. You guys have affected a lot of people and influenced a lot of people as well. And I know my son was, has been working with you guys for for quite some time, too. And, you know, he's trying to develop and continue to get his, keep his wrestling growing. So and I, I've seen a big change in him and his confidence and how he carries himself and the work really is the work he puts in. So I know you guys have had a big part of that as well. So I thank you for that and what, what you do for everyone else. Yeah, thank you, Gene. Thanks for everything and uh, keep doing what you're doing. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Take All care. Right. Bye-bye. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.